Hello and welcome back to our day of retreat with Bart Schutz, sponsored by Our Lady of Good Counsel Retreat House. A reminder that our recordings of our retreats and our, of course, all our upcoming online retreats are available at our website, goodcounselretreat.com. We'll go ahead and begin with a prayer and then turn it over to Bart. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit does instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that in that same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father Gary. Can you hear me okay? Yes. All right. So welcome back. Hope you all had a good break. I uh, hope you all had some good meditation and time with the Lord. And uh, I apologize for my lighting. I hope it's okay for you, but I look like I haven't been out in the sun in about six years as I look at myself here. Uh, I'm trying with the lighting, but hey, it is what it is. Um, I appreciate you all being with us and uh, viewing some here, Zoom, some YouTube, and uh, we'll continue in this next session, session three, um, where we're going to talk about holy desire. And as I start, and as I like to do with everything, I like to anchor everything in the teachings of the church. And um, so I want to do that by quoting the catechism in paragraph 27 of the catechism. This is what it says, and I, and I just love this. I love the language. I love the words. I love what it's saying about desire. I, love what, I just love what the church teaches here. It says this in Catechism 27. The desire for God is written in the human heart because man is created by God and for God. And God never ceases to draw man to himself. Only in God. Think about abiding in the vine. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But in me, you'll produce much fruit. Only in God will man find the truth and happiness he never stops searching for. Let me read that one more time and just allow that to penetrate your own heart. The desire for God has been written in the human heart because man is created by God and for God. God never ceases to draw man to himself. Only in God will man find the truth and happiness. He never stops searching for. If you remember my testimony last night, I was looking for love in all the wrong places and too many faces. And then I encountered the Father's love. At his presence, the presence of his spirit just engulfed the room, engulfed my heart. And in Bob's embrace, I wept as I felt his love and realized that what I'd been longing for my whole life was the Father's love. And I realized that all these things I was looking for, fame, wealth, all the things that I had been looking for, I wasn't finding them. And then I read this in the catechism. After my encounter many years later, only in God <laughs> was I going to find the truth and the happiness that I've been searching for. And you all know that. But how many times do we still grasp? And when it comes to the areas of desire, we often grasp because we don't really believe that God is going to grant us the deeper desires of our house. But God's desire, as the catechism says here in 27, has been written in our hearts. He has put his desire within our hearts because we're created by him and we're created for him. Think about it. Who creates something that doesn't know the interior workings of it? Whoever created Ford understood every detail of that automobile. The creator understands everything, every intricate part of what he creates. And God created the earth and everything in it. And God created you and he created me. And he knows us deeper than we know ourselves. 
And he's placed his desire within us. And he's placed and written the desire within every one of us for him. And that desire keeps calling us forth. It keeps calling us towards him. Because we are created by him and for him. And then it says that God never ceases. He never stops. Never. No matter what you and I have done, God has never stopped seeking us out. God never ceases to draw man to himself. I don't know, maybe you're like me. There's been many times I've just called out to God. Father, are you anywhere? Are you anywhere? Like, why is this happening? Where are you? Are you going to come through here? And then I read this. God never ceases to draw us to himself. How many times have I cried out, God, I just want a fresh encounter with you. I want to experience you. I want to feel your presence with me. He says, listen, I've never stopped. I've never stopped drawing you to myself. I've never stopped. I want to encounter you more than you want to encounter me. Think about it. Those of you who have kids, I got four kids, uh, three girls and a boy, 23, 20, about to be 21, 17, and then our son is 14. And as they get older, as some of you know, I mean, you know, they start to push away from mom and dad and experiment with this and that and the other thing. It's tough. And I just want to hold on to them and say, oh, you know, but one thing that hasn't stopped is I've never stopped loving them. And as I tell them, I never will. Where do I get that? From God the Father. Because as of you who are evil, born of a sinful nature, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more does our Heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask? Our Father loves us and has never stopped loving us, no matter what you and I have done, no matter what lies the enemy tells us and shame. The Father's never stopped pursuing you. And he's put his desires inside of your heart. And he's written a desire in each one of our hearts for him. No matter how lost we've been, that thing just keeps calling us back like a compass. And it just keeps pointing us back towards the Father. And our heart just longs for the love of the Father. And he says, I've never stopped pursuing you. And then he tells us, listen, all that stuff you're looking for, all those things you're doing, just remember, only in me. Are you going to find the truth and the happiness that you're searching for? Now, you guys know this, or you wouldn't be spending your Saturday here in this meeting, but it's a good reminder. But it also helps us to understand the world. You know, if we want to evangelize the world, which we're called to do, I don't think the best approach is to say, come to church with me. I think the best approach is to appeal to their heart, because written inside of their heart is the desire for God. God's pursuing them. They know it. They're pushing it away. It's just drawing that out and awakening that place in their heart and then helping them to understand through experiencing God by us being the branch that's abiding in the vine and the sap of the Holy Spirit flowing out our branches. They're going to experience the taste of God with his love and his joy and his presence. And they're going to see the contrast. That's what happened to me. That's how my life radically changed. When I encountered the Father, it just put to shame all the sin and things that I was doing. It just made it look so silly. Like, this is what I'm really wanting. This is the only thing that satisfied me. And it's the same for everybody. Some of the people that are the biggest sinners have the deepest longing. You know, we like to say in JP2 Healing Center, uh, I think my brother Bob first said it, but I've kind of made it my own, but it's this, it says, behind every disordered desire, think about it. Think about all of our disordered desires. All those things where we're grasping to satisfy a longing and it just leaves us empty. Behind every disordered desire is an unmet, pure and holy longing. So instead of going, oh gosh, I gotta just ignore this stuff and, and, and kind of white knuckle it and stop doing this behavior, how about we just stop and go, Holy Spirit, Show me the deeper longing that's behind it, that's driving this. What's the deeper longing that's unmet? Reveal it to me and then satisfy it. Because only in you 
am I going to find the truth and happiness that I'm longing for? But see, because we don't believe he's going to meet those places, we grasp. And that's where the enemy just whispers in our ear, God's not there for you. He's not going to meet that need. And we try and we try and then we just say, ah, and we grasp again. Isn't that what our great, 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 great grandparents did, <laughs> Adam and Eve? They bit the apple. They, they, they were deceived. They believed the lie that God wasn't going to come through for them. So they took matters into their own hands, and we've been paying the price since. Thankfully, Jesus came, paid the price, became the lamb who was shed, the, the sacrifice for us to make a way for us to come back to the Father. And he says, I've come to bring you abundant life. And it tells us to abide in him and we'll produce fruit. And that's a daily option and momentary, every moment choice. But as we're abiding in him, the deep longings of our heart are satisfied and they're fulfilled. But we grasp because we don't believe he's going to meet it. And we're, we pursue disordered desire because we don't believe that that deep longing can be met. And I'm going to, I'm going to express that. I'm going to share some things around that. But I want to start by asking you this question and for you to ask yourself this question. What do you desire? What is the deep longing of your heart? In fact, if you'll just close your eyes a moment. Holy Spirit, I ask you to awaken within each of us a particular deep longing. Ask yourself, what is it that I desire? What is it that I'm longing for? I want to invite you again to picture Jesus, gaze upon his beauty and dialogue with him. And just bring him very openly, very vulnerably, just bring to Jesus what that desire and that longing is. Say, Jesus, this is what I'm desiring. This is what I'm longing for. Now give opportunity for him to speak to you what his desire is. Jesus, reveal to them what your desire is, what your longing is. Give you another 15 seconds and we'll transition. All right. So, what do you do with these desires? What do you do with these longings? What happens inside of you? as you get in touch with these longings, if you're anything like me, some of them are deep and painful and have been unmet for a long time. So there's all kind of beliefs around it. The enemy comes in and just kind of puts a stronghold around those things so that we, we don't believe they're even possible. But hopefully the Lord spoke to you in those areas and spoke to his desires. And if he didn't, I trust he's going to awaken that in the days to come. But what do we do with these desires? Even the disordered desires, what about the vices we just still can't break free of? 
Well, the enemy wants to hit us with shame. So then we just withdraw from the Father because we start to believe I'm not worthy, I'm not clean, I can't really come before the Father. Well, that's a lie. Think of the woman at the well. I mean, she had five husbands and he gave her water. You know, think of Mary Magdalene, a prostitute. And think of the woman who was caught in prostitutions and the Pharisees wanted to stone her because that's what the law said. And Jesus says, okay, him without sin, throw the first stone. And they all drop their stones and walk away because everyone has sin. And Jesus looks at her and says, who's here to condemn you? No one is here to condemn you. But then he says to her, now go and sin no more. We didn't tell her to go sin no more, you know, by in your own strength. He gave her what she needed. He met the longing of her heart. So now she had no reason to continue in that way because she was looking for love and she found it. She encountered him. And the Lord has created us in such a way that he longs to and plans to meet the deep longings of our heart. Again, back to this quote from the catechism. The desire for God is written in the human heart. And in God, we'll find the truth and happiness that we long for. And God never stops searching us out and pursuing us. He is longing to meet your longings. Not your disordered desires. Your genuine desires. So what happens for you when desire starts to get awakened? awakened? Do you suppress it? Do you, does it, is it so painful that it just turns to disordered desire? What happens? And you pay attention to that in your own heart. But also pay attention to what it is the Father wants to do, what Jesus wants to do. He wants to satisfy those deep longings. So when these desires are awakened, what do we do? Are we afraid of them? Or do we trust the Father with them? Are we afraid of our deep longings? Because maybe we have a track record of where they've taken us in disordered desires. Or do we trust the Father with them, believing that he's going to satisfy them? Or do we have a history of believing that and he didn't come through, and so we just take matters into our own hands? I think this is common to every person. And you heard my testimony. I was... My dad left when I was five. I didn't know how much of a longing I had for my father's love. My mother was very nurturing and very loving. My siblings very loving, but we were in a dysfunctional mess in survival mode. So there was a lot of needs I had in my formative years that were never met, that I didn't know about. But they manifested when I got into college into disordered desires. Gave up on love, didn't believe it existed, and just lived for temporal pleasure to the point of hating myself and full of shame and wanting to die. And I just would cry out to God, but he wouldn't come through, so I believed. But I looked back and he was wooing me all along. I was just so lost, I didn't know how to find my way back, but he kept wooing me and wooing me. And here it is, I'm at the pinnacle of what I believed was gonna bring me all the fulfillment that I needed, and it wasn't enough. And I was at a major crossroads. And at that point, I cried out and I said, I just need to know if you're real. If so, please show yourself real. Little did I know what he had already set up, that I was going to be on this weekend with my brother. And he intended to encounter me at that moment because he had been pursuing me and seeking me. And he put a desire in me that was like the compass that kept drawing me to him, but I didn't know how to find him but he was pursuing me. And when I slowed down enough, he caught me. And I encountered his love very profoundly. It was so real. It stayed with me my whole life since, 32 years. And I just long for everybody to experience that, that love. Many of you have. The world's longing for it. They just don't believe it exists. And unfortunately, we, as in the church, has, have turned them away by judging them and adding to the shame they're already feeling or the anger and the rage or whatever it is. But if we'll come with the love and we'll pursue their hearts and share the love of the Father with them, 
it'll awaken that desire and that longing. Many of them, like me, were fatherless and they're longing for the father's love. If we'll allow the love of the father to meet our desires and our needs, then we'll have something to give to them. We can't give what we don't have. I would not have been able to be a father if I hadn't encountered the father. But now I'm a father of four children and I'm a perfect father, by the way. <laughs> right. Um, but when I do it right and I allow the love of the father to come through, in fact, when I mess up, I repent to my kids, forgive me for misrepresenting the father. But we can't give what we don't have. But when we have the love of the father, we have that to give. And in this pruning that God's bringing the church through, he's bringing us to the purity of that love so that we can bring it to a world that's in desperate need, a fatherless generation that longs to encounter the father's love. But back to your own desires. Mine were disordered. Little did I know I had a deep longing that was unmet, that the father met in that encounter. And he's been taking me through a journey ever since and will until the day I meet him in heaven. But he's satisfying my desires deeper than I've ever imagined. Now there's still a lot of longings that are not met. And there's a lot of beliefs around it that keep me trapped but the longings, and I've had enough experience of him meeting those longings that I just keep pressing into him. Even with the disordered desires, I just press into him and say, Father, meet this deep longing. So the question back to you again, what do you do when desire is awakened, awakened, when these desires, when the longings are awakened? Do you suppress them out of fear? Or do you press into the Father and say, Father, meet the deep longings of my heart? And let's just break off shame and condemnation. There isn't a person on the planet that doesn't struggle with disordered desire. How do I know? Because we're all part of the same generation of Adam and Eve. And though Jesus has come and redeemed us and made a way of salvation, there's still areas within every one of us that still need for the Lord to redeem and heal and sanctify. So break off shame. In fact, let's just pray that if you will. Just say with me, in the name of Jesus, I renounce shame. In the name of Jesus, I renounce condemnation. And then let's just pray and ask the Lord to meet the deep longings of our heart. Lord Jesus, I ask that you would meet the deep longings of my heart in your purity. In Jesus' name. So Psalm 37.4. Probably familiar with it. It's a common scripture. It says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, for some reason, I used to read that and understand that. I think maybe it was taught to me. But I used to read that as delight yourself in the Lord, meaning thank him, praise him, delight in him. And I think there's a there's a truth in that. But then I heard someone explain to me what the actual word delight means. They broke it down into its original root word form. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm guessing it was a original Hebrew or Greek, uh, Old Testament. And um, so they broke the word down delight. And it was fascinating what that word delight actually means in its original form. It means soft and pliable. So it should read like this, as you are soft and pliable before the Lord, like clay in the hands of a potter, he will do a work in you to grant you the deep longings of your heart. As you are soft and pliable in the hands of the maker, he will prepare you for the deep longings of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will grant you the desires of your heart. Just continue to allow him to do that work. I want to read another scripture to you. And this, uh, I heard someone teach this too, and it was just, it was just a, a, an insight for me and uh, it just it's kind of changed my perspective related to desire. And so I want to pass it on. 
and hopefully it'll encourage you and you can open up your own Bible or your app on your phone to 1 Samuel 1. This is a story of Hannah who was barren. 1 Samuel 1. I'm going to tell you the summary and then I'm going to start reading it. But um, it's there's this man, his name, and I might butcher these names, uh, but I'll give it a shot. There was a man, his name was uh, Elkanah. And he had two wives. I know it's kind of strange, but that's what they did in the old biblical days. <laughs> and he had two wives. And one of their names, uh, not a name I've heard before, but it's, uh, I think it's pronounced Penina. And the other one was Hannah. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. Now, this man used to go up year by year from the city to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord, where the two sons of Eli were priests of the Lord. And on the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Peninnah, his wife, and all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her. Though the Lord had closed her womb. So think about that. Hannah has a deep longing to have a child. But it's impossible. Her womb is closed. And it's a deep ache for her. And her rival, Hannah's rival, Penina, used to provoke her grievously to irritate her. So not only did she have a deep longing of something unmet that she felt shame about and a lot of pain, but now her rival used it to provoke her and irritate her. So it went on year by year. Now, scripture, it just kind of glosses over some statements like that. But I want you to apply this to your own longings and desires that have been unmet. Hannah has this deep, deep, deep longing that's unmet. And this went on for years. I could just imagine Hannah laying in her bed crying at night. Just saying, Lord, I so long to have a child. I can imagine her just trying to deal with that and how she might have journeyed through that. But the longing was unmet. Year by year, as often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. The rival. Therefore, Hannah wept and would not eat. The longing was so deep and unmet. Hannah would weep and weep and weep, crying out. And the distress was so great that she could not even eat. I don't know if you can relate to that. I can. That's deep agony. That's deep, unmet longing. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Sometimes we men aren't always fully aware. <laughs> Hannah, why do you weep? And why do you not eat? And why? Is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than 10 sons? Let me just say to you, where is that deep longing? Have you gotten to the point where year by year that longing has been unmet to the point of deep distress and you can't even eat? And I feel the Lord would say to you, 
Why do you weep? Not that he doesn't understand, but he wants you to ask yourself, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? What are you believing around that deep longing? Why is your heart sad? As if the Lord is saying, am I not more to you than 10 times of that longing? After they had eaten and drank, Hannah arose. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat behind, beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. And Hannah was deeply distressed. And she cried out to the Lord and wept bitterly. In fact, I recommend that for you. Don't be afraid to just go before the Lord and cry out to him and weep over the agony of the unmet longings. Take it to him. He's a father who loves you. He's a bridegroom who loves his bride. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow. And she said this, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but you will grant me a son. Grant me the deep longings of my heart. If you will do that, Lord, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. And so as the story goes on, not long after this, Hannah is pregnant. As she got in touch with the deep distress and brought it to the Lord and prayed to the Lord and said, if you will grant me this deep longing, I will give it to you. After all these years, Hannah is now pregnant. She has a son, Samuel. It says she weaned him and then gave him over to the church. And we know Samuel today as a prophet. And this is the point I want to make, a few of them. One. Cry out to the Lord in your area of longing. Take it to him. Put away the distress and depression that's around it that's keeping us from eating and causing us to withdraw. And press in in this area of longing and take it to the Lord. And cry out to him. And say, Lord, forget not your servant. Forget not my longing. Hear the cry of my heart. And if you're willing to then say, Lord, if you will grant me this longing, I will give it to you. And so with Hannah, the longing is met. After all the years, the longing is met. And she keeps her promise. And she brings Samuel to the house of God. And gave us Samuel the prophet. Here's the point in that. As we take our longing and our desire... And we cry out to the Lord and then take it that next step and say, Lord, I will give it to you. His desire and our desire will come together as one. Now, that's no guarantee it's going to happen, but that's between you and the Lord. 
But in Hannah's case, her desire was for a child. But see, God also had a desire. God desired a prophet. And so when Hannah's desire for a child and God's desire for a prophet became one, Samuel was born. As your desire and God's desire become one, God's kingdom purpose can be fulfilled. Now, that's no guarantee that every longing and every desire is going to be met. Only God knows the desires of our heart. But as we take our longings to him and we put it into his hands, asking him to meet and satisfy, sometimes some of the desires aren't met out here, but he meets us in a deeper interior place. And sometimes they're fulfilled and met out here. So we don't go to manipulate him, but we yield our desires and our longings to him, asking him what his desire is as well. I'll tell you a story around this. So after I encountered the father 30 some years ago, I um, became part of what I call the larger body of Christ, mostly non-denominational, interdenominational churches, uh, actually, I learned a lot of things um, in that journey that I didn't learn growing up as a Catholic, that now coming back to the Catholic Church, I realize they're very Catholic. Uh, but I didn't learn that until I came back and started digging into the catechism. Um, but anyway, so about 10 years ago, my wife and I were moving our kids out to California to be part of a ministry out there that I had favor with their leaders. And we were talking about starting a church uh, with some people. and. We were moving out there and our house wouldn't sell. I was in the mortgage business. It's when the mortgage business, the mortgage industry tanked. And I was deeply impacted by that as was my family. And our house wouldn't sell. And so the window of opportunity was closing. So my wife and I both went off and prayed, having not thought this ahead of time and said, okay, father, what are you doing? What are you saying to us? And he spoke to both of us to do something with Bob, my brother, Bob. I'm like, well, what am I gonna do with Bob? Bob's Catholic. And so, I called Bob and I said, hey, Bob, this is what we both heard. We're not sure what this is. He said, well, Bart, God told me the same thing, but I didn't want to influence you. Okay, Bob, so what are we going to do together? Well, we're still trying to figure that out 10 years later. But so I started doing stuff with Bob's ministry, uh, the JP2 Healing Center. And then about seven years ago, so about three or four years after that, God spoke to my wife that he was calling us into the Catholic Church. My wife didn't grow up Catholic. My kids didn't grow up Catholic. I did, but then I was part of this larger body of Christ. And so God starts speaking to my wife that he was calling us into the Catholic Church. In fact, we had a priest over for dinner, Father Mark Toops, maybe some of you know him. And he was over for dinner, and my wife, unbeknownst to me, says to him, Father Mark, I feel like God's calling us into the Catholic Church. I'm like, what'd you say? I, can we talk about this first? <laughs> I was like, uh, and so, and that's not my life, my wife at all. She's very gentle and quiet. So I was like, okay, I know God's up to something here. And then he starts speaking this to my kids. Well, I wasn't hearing it probably because I was plugging my ears <laughs> and I wrestled literally for 11 months. I have a journal that show you this. And what I wrote almost every day in my journal was God, I thought you cared about my desires. I wanted to go to California. Why are you saying this about the Catholic church? And are you saying this? Could you possibly be saying this to me? I thought you cared about my desires. And so 11 months of this wrestled, and then I went up for a planned silent retreat with the same priest, Father Mark Toops, with my brother Bob and another guy, Ken. And we went up for this planned silent retreat with him where on the days we'd be alone with the Lord and at night we would meet together with him. And so when I first saw him, he says to me, he says, hey, Bart, forget about being Catholic. I said, oh, Father, thank you so much. <laughs> It's a priest telling me to forget about being Catholic. Oh, okay, I don't have to be Catholic. And so you have to understand my history to understand why that even means so much, but that's where I was. And so he, uh, he says, yeah, just forget about that. He says, what I want you to do during the days is I want you with your journal and your Bible just to spend time alone with the Father, with the Lord, and just explore your desire with them. Just write out your desires. Whatever those desires are, write out your desires. And then when you're done with that, ask the father what his desire is. That's where I got this idea. I said, oh, I could do that. That's great. You're speaking my language. I love that. So that's what I did. The backwoods of the bayou of Louisiana, out there with the alligators and the trees and the mosquitoes, my Bible, 
and my notebook. And I just started writing my desires. I first started real broad, my deep longings, my deep desires, some shallow, some deep, just started writing it. And then all of a sudden I got down to some deeper desires. And then I remembered a portion of the Bible that used to be one of my favorite books in the Bible that I hadn't read for like five years to that point. It's the book of Haggai. I don't know if you've read the book of Haggai. I recommend it. It's two little, two little pages. In fact, it's really cool because you can brag to your friends and say, I read a whole book of the Bible. It's two pages. Pretty good. But the, 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 the meat of this message, I believe, is very pertinent to the day we're living in. This is basically what the book of Haggai is saying. Haggai was a prophet. And Haggai spoke to the governor and the high priest and to all the people. And he said, while you are all off in your own paneled houses, my house, says the Lord, remains in ruin. Now rebuild my house. And now they're in the middle of rebuilding it. It says the spirit of God stirred them and they began to rebuild the house of God. But see, the temple of God had been sitting for like 15 years because every time they would start to remodel it, the Philistines, I believe it was, would discourage them. Kind of like Hannah's rival. And would discourage them. And so they stopped working on the house of the Lord. And then when this prophet Haggai spoke, spirit stirred them and they began restoring the house of God. And now they're in the middle of the work. If you've ever remodeled a house or watched HGTV, you understand this process. It's not a pretty process. Everything's torn down. It's undone. And so the prophet Haggai speaks to the people when it's in that position of being constructed, reconstructed. He looks at them and he says, who of you have seen this house? in its former glory. How's it looking to you now? Does it not look to you like nothing? Think about it. Think about our church right now, folks. Think about our country. How does it look to you now? But then he says, but be encouraged for the Lord God, your God is with you. And he will restore the house. And then when it's done, he will fill his house with his glory. And he says, the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former. I believe that's a word for us today. How does it look to you now? Yeah, maybe not so great. But God says he's going to fill his house with his glory. And the glory of what's coming is going to be greater than what was. But here Haggai speaking this to the people. And as I'm reading this, I am so, so stirred up. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but it's like I'm so stirred up. I, I, I didn't even know how to contain it. The excitement and the life of what I was feeling of God's love and presence. And as he was awakening this desire that was just like from deep, it was a deep longing. And all of a sudden I found myself writing in my journal. I just long to see God's house restored. I long to see his church transformed. And then I started writing the father's desires. It flowed right out of it. And he said, that's my longing. And then he spoke to me. And he says, Bart, I'm inviting you to feel my ache. And I feel it. It's difficult. The grief of the Holy Spirit. And then he says to me, I'm inviting you as my friend to partner with me to transform my church. And I said, yes. Went to confession with Father Mark that day. A few months later, my whole family came into the church. That's been seven years. I wish I could say it's just been bliss, but I've been feeling that ache. But in it, the Father keeps reminding me that he's transforming his church. And he wants to partner with us as his friends to bring about the transformation of his church. I invite you to read Haggai and ask the Spirit of God to speak to you. What he's doing right now. What he's saying. I want to connect this back with Hannah and desire in the catechism. The desire for God, Catechism 27 says, has been written in the human heart. God never ceases to draw man to himself, but only in God will man find the truth and the happiness that he's searching for. God is pursuing you. He's never stopped. He's longing to meet the longings of your heart, the ones he's placed there. Because the ones he's placed, there are also his longing. And when your desires and his desires become one, his kingdom purpose can start to unfold. When he was stirring desire in me to see the church transformed, he was putting his desires in my heart. 
And now as my desire and his desires are becoming one, I'm now traveling the country, speaking and bringing about transformation in the heart of the church, leading people to encounter the Father's love, awakening desire for what the Father has. I never would have seen this coming, but I had so many deep longings that I couldn't figure out where they went. And it led me here and here and here. And then here I was in this moment in the backwoods of the Bayou of Louisiana. And God put it all together. And my desire and his desire became one. Just like Hannah's desire and the Father's desire became one. So take your desires. Allow the Spirit of God to awaken them. Go down to the deeper longing. Give it to the Father. And then ask the Father to speak to you what his desire is, what his longing is. God is wanting to fulfill the desires of your heart. And he's wanting his desire and your desire to become one. And as you delight yourself in the Lord and are soft and pliable, like clay in the hands of a potter, God will form you and the desires in your heart and he will speak to the depths of those desires and he will grant you the deep desires of your heart. Not the disordered ones, the pure holy ones that he's placed in there. And so don't be afraid of the disordered ones, but as you start to look at the disordered ones, ask him to take you deeper to the longing that's behind it. And then get in touch with that longing and then take that longing and make it a petition and cry out to God like Hannah did and ask him to speak to you to the depths of your heart, to those areas of desires, and then ask him what his desires are. So I'm going to segue this into our exercise that we're going to enter into here and this is going to double, and this break is going to double as your lunch also. So enjoy the time, enjoy the rest, and, and, and enjoy your lunch. But please, for your sake, and for the sake of the Father's desire as well, enter into this time of guided prayer and reflection and silence with the Lord. Grab a journal, pen and paper, grab your Bible, grab whatever you need to helps you to connect with the Father and spend time alone with him. Try to split this time up. I think we're going to have, uh, I think it's an hour and uh, 15 minutes. Is that right, Father Gary? So we have in the schedule. So use a portion of it, eat. Don't be like Hannah and not eat. <laughs> eat, <laughs> but also spend this time, whichever way you want to do it first. And uh, don't shorten this time. But here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Here's the, here's the questions. Grab your journal and write on there, what are my desires? Start wherever it starts and then go down to the deeper longings. What is it that I desire? It's multiple things start there. And ask the Holy Spirit to help you and guide you down to the deeper longings. And allow yourself to feel the ache in that longing. And write it out. As long as that takes you, write it out. And then when you finish that, write the next question, which is, Father, what do you desire? First, write out your desires. Second, Father, what do you desire? And ask him to speak to you and just trust it. Just, just write whatever comes to you. This is just between you and him. And then see where those two desires meet. Connect that on the third question. Where does my desire and God's desire become one? And don't worry about it being exact. This isn't a homework assignment. You're not going to share with anyone unless you choose to. 
just allow yourself the freedom to explore. Don't self-censor. Don't be afraid of your desires. Just explore them. Ask the Lord to guide you. I'm going to ask Father in a minute to pray to cover us, that the Lord leads us in this. And just explore your desires, ask the Father his desires, and then ask him to show you where they become one. So Father Gary, would you close this up and pray for us and pray a covering and then also pray a blessing on the meal. And I believe we're going to be back. Is it one, uh, one o'clock? One o'clock discussion. Okay. Yes. Father, sorry, sorry to interrupt you before you pray, before you start to pray. A logistical thing. Are we going to be able to do discussion in this format or should we give them longer time for this? No, I think we can. Those okay. who want to join on the Zoom um, can do discussion. And, and those who are just following on YouTube could still put things in the chat there too. Okay. And then you'll find those questions and then you'll. Right. Be, okay. Great. All right. Sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt you, Chris. No, that's good. Yeah. So we will, if you want to join in the discussion, you should join the Zoom link. But otherwise, of course, you can always follow on the YouTube. Heavenly Father, we come to you. Lord Jesus, we enter your presence. Holy Spirit, we rely on you. We ask you to enlighten our minds and hearts. Help us into the prayer and reflection in this time. Help us to know your presence, know your love, know your mercy. And especially, Lord, now we come and ask you, help us know our own hearts. Help us to see our longings and desires. See where they come from. Help us to discern those desires that come from you. That longing we have for you. Those things we seek that only you can fulfill. How you have a plan for our greatest happiness, meaning, purpose, and fulfillment. And so, Lord, we come and just ask you to show us your heart. Let us know the desires on your heart, the longing you have for each one of us. Grant us that outpouring of the Holy Spirit that our two desires can come together, that we can find you in the depths of our heart. And knowing you now, we entrust to you this time, entrust to you our prayer and reflection, entrust to you our meals, and we pray, bless us, O Lord, and these thy gifts which we are about to receive from thy bounty through Christ our Lord. Amen.